Our guest today is Bob Sparkins, the lead, the manager of partnerships and education at Lead Pages. He's also an expert in landing page optimization. Having analyzed from thousands of Lead Pages customers, he'll reveal tactics that make landing pages more persuasive, the common mistakes to avoid, and how to test and iterate pages continually. I call that rinse and repeat. So if you want to turbocharge your conversion rates through optimized landing pages, get more leads, conversions, and customers, then stay tuned for Bob's battle-tested insights on creating high-converting landing pages. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech-easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to Trailblazers, who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and the founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Coaching Group. I'm dedicating to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. So I'm glad to have you back today, Bob. You are on episode 33 I believe it was, and we had a nice conversation. We t- we covered a, a broad range of topics, and um, people have been asking me more and more about, okay, now that we got the landing pages up, we got the lead machine built. Now, okay, I'm getting I'm getting some getting some traction. I'm getting some leads, but how do I how do I improve it? And I know I need to have more than one landing page, but how do I make the ones I have work for me better? And so, first of all, welcome, Bob. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Paul. It's really a pleasure to be here and really enjoyed our last conversation. It was a lot of fun and looking forward to sharing some more tips today. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, So for our audience, we both know what a landing page is, but what is a landing page and why should we even care? Yeah, well, (laughs) why you should care is because if you do it right, instead of getting two, four, maybe 6% of your visitors to say yes to your uh, email list, uh, you can see 15, 30, 40, 50% or, or higher uh, percentage of those visitors saying yes. Uh, and I don't know about you, but that math sounds awfully good. And so it does. 
if you want yeah. that kind of result, and we see typically of our customer base about five times conversion rates compared to industry averages, then you're wow. going to want to have this in play for your marketing. Uh, so basically, most people, when they have traffic, whether it's from social media or from advertising, a lot of them, if they don't know what they're doing, they're sending their, that traffic to their homepage of their website. And yeah. I think that's great because whoever comes, you want them to have all these options of what they can do for you or with you. But with a landing page, what you're doing is you're giving people a very focused message. It's dealing with a specific audience who has a specific challenge and you're giving them a specific step one to solving that challenge. And there's no distractions. There's no other things. We can talk about the nuances here in a second, but yeah. it's a very focused page that people go to. And it is on your website, or at least it lives adjacent to your website, uh, but it is not this choose your own adventure kind of uh, chaotic world that you're going to throw people into. It's you guiding people through a very specific thing that you want them to take action on right now. Yeah, and I would say that would be a mistake if people are paying, especially if they're paying for advertising. Uh, if they're if they're simply sending traffic to their homepage, which it, if there's a specific purpose, that's okay. But if they're sending uh, traffic to their landing page uh, or to their homepage, they're just giving a confused buyer doesn't buy, and so they're not going to convert into into a, a lead or be added to your list. Yeah. So, and you can certainly, I would say, you can certainly you know, optimize a homepage to do better, but you're never going to get higher conversions from an ad campaign or social campaign uh, on a website homepage versus a dedicated landing page. Right. 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 Well, so what are some of the, some of your go-to tips and strategies? There's a lot, even though a landing page is simple, there's no navigation. There's some elements on the page headline and things like that forms. Uh, what are some of your go-to tips and strategies that you use to uh, that you go to first to optimize a landing page. Yeah, so let me share first that this is not like theoretical stuff I'm about to share with you. Yeah. You know, Lead Pages has been around for 11 years. I'm customer number 33. I've been with the team as a, as a part of the team for uh, almost 10 years now. Uh. And we see lots and lots of pages, right? Um, we're talking millions of pages over that time period. So yeah. what I'm sharing with you is based on the data that we see. And one of the tips I'd have for you, and I hope you'll share a link in your show notes, is we have a template gallery of all the lead pages templates. And uh -huh. these are built based on what we learn. And there's a little button that says sort by conversion rate. So if you just look through our gallery, and you can look through different industries and different use cases and so forth. But if you always click on that conversion rate, you'll start to notice some patterns and I will share them with you now. Uh, uh, but that's also a good way to kind of get inspired no matter what platform you're using. And of course, I hope that you'll use ours, but no matter what platform you're using, use that yeah. template gallery as a guide of like what's actually working based on data. Is that so, just available to the public? Yep, that's just available to the public. So, wow. um, you know, share the link to the template gallery. If you look at the link to start a trial or whatever, you can always navigate to the trial, uh, excuse me, navigate towards the templates. Yeah. Um, and of course, when you are a, a customer, you have access to that same template gallery. So yeah. the first thing I would say is try to think about your offer first. So no matter what landing page design that you have, if your message and what you're offering sucks, it's not going yeah. to convert. doesn't yeah. matter how pretty you make it. doesn't matter how many different colors of the button you test and all that stuff. Your offer has to be really good. So be thoughtful about what is your person who's coming to this page experiencing right now 
that your offer is going to be an easy yes for them. Right. So what I mean by that is a lot of people, they make the mistake of offering something that isn't a match for where people are at right now, based on why they clicked on your ad or your social link in the first place. It's also the case that you likely are offering something that isn't right for them for what they need in the moment. So what I mean by that is a lot of people, especially if you're a coach or a service provider, you might have like book a demo or book a call or have a consultation. And the trouble with that is people want something immediately. And if they have to put time on a calendar that's sometime in the future, even if it's tomorrow, it's still not answering my need right now. And also people may not know who you are yet. They don't trust you yet enough. They want to spend 30 minutes or an hour thinking that they're just going to be sold to anyway. Right. So your offer is both what are you trying to solve and how can you give them a result in a fast way? So we often find works the best in cold traffic. So we're talking about somebody who's clicked an ad. They don't know your brand. They don't know who you are. They have no reason to believe that you know what you're talking about. What works best for those folks is something they consume pretty quickly. So that comes in the form of a template or a checklist, some kind of a, of a quick guide, something they can download immediately and see results from within the next 10 to 20 minutes. Now they won't see yeah. the results in the sense of their life is going to change, but they can see where their future is going because they can have evidence now that you know what you're talking about. So your offer that you're providing people on a landing page, which is in exchange for an email address, uh, needs to be something that's a good match for where they're at right now and gives them an immediate quick win so they can get in momentum. And after that, then you might have a call or then you might get them on a webinar or then you might have them want to spend a little bit more time with you. Yeah, because spending that time with you is not only is it not immediate, like you say, um, it's it may be more of a commitment that uh, that they're not willing to take yet because they yeah. they want to dip their toe in the water so to speak and find out and ha- and solve that problem that they're that they're looking for to solve right away. Yeah. So, um, so those are great starting points. So there's um, there's elements on the on the page. Yeah. There's a pre there can be there can be a pre header. There can be a, a headline, a sub headline. Uh, certainly there's a head, there could be a headline on the form. There's form fields, there's bullet points, all those things and call to action buttons and social proof and all those things that can, can make up, uh, a simple or a complex landing page, depending on what, what the offer is. Uh, the offer kind of determines what, you know, what length that page is going to be. Uh, what are some of the start starting points that you would take? Uh, to optimize first, let's say it's for for a, uh, like you said, a you said a cheat sheet or a, a checklist or a template, so something like that. Yeah, this is great. So I would say there's three things to be thinking about with your page. Now that you have your offer in mind, uh-huh. you have your design, uh, and you have your copy, and you have kind of like this overall story that you're trying to tell. So let's talk first about the copy because I think most people you know, can struggle <laughs> with putting the right words on yeah, the page. For sure. And you mentioned that there are things like bullet points and there's pre-headers and headlines and all this other stuff. Yeah. And the beauty of using templates, by the way, is that this is already like there for you. It's placeholder text. Um, with lead pages, oh, yeah. we put real language in there. It's not lorem ipsum or some kind of garbage. It's, it's like an mm. actual use case you can use as a guide. But the biggest mistake I see people make with their headlines when it comes to copy is they shout about the thing that they're giving away. They're like free checklist has these seven elements in it. Right. 
And what I want you to think about instead is your headline gets people to see a future version of themselves based on what they're about to get. So yes, you can include in the pre-header or maybe even in somewhere in the headline that, th that you do have this cheat sheet or that's a guide. But what you're really trying to do is have a solution to a challenge expressed in that headline. And so when, when you're thinking about the copy of this uh, initial message, it's not, you know, download my free guide right now because I've got 40 words that are going to save your life. It's more like... <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, if you, uh, for, for our example today, you mentioned, you know, having a cheat sheet. So let's say yeah. that you are like one of our, um, one of our customers who teaches parents how to get their kids ready for kindergarten. Okay. So we're not talking about making money online. We're not talking about this, although those are all fine industries to be in, but we have, um, her name's Heather O'Donnell. She has this really great business around teaching parents how to get their kids ready for kindergarten. Oh. So when you look on a page like hers, you're seeing, you know, these winter season activities for kids to do when they're at home on vacation. So instead of saying like, get my activity book for your kid, it's give your kids something awesome to do during the winter vacation Yeah. or stop pulling your hair out <laughs> during, uh, during vacation or during the summer months or snow day, get your, kids ready, get your kids ready for kindergarten with this activity guide. Yeah. Okay. So there's a benefit. That's the main message you want to have in that headline and you might mention the thing that you're delivering that benefit from, but you're really wanting to focus most of your attention in that headline to the result that you're driving people towards. So the transformation, you know, yeah, the, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so what else, yeah. what else would you test? Yeah. So within, how, how would you test that? Or that's, that's really a strategy right there. Yeah. Well, I think testing is really important because some of you who are listening, you know, by your gut, <laughs> why people are going to come to you. Right. But you also have this curse of knowledge of knowing like all the different things that people might really need in order to uh, solve a challenge that they're having. What I want to encourage you to do is pick a lane. <laughs> I want you to pick yeah. one challenge they face, one way that you can help them. And that's what your landing page should offer. And the beauty of landing pages, unlike your website that you're going to think that you have to spend all this money and time to get it exactly perfect. Landing pages are imperfect by nature and they're always ready for optimization. They're always ready for testing. And you can always do more than one page to see which one works the best. And if you incorporate split testing, you can really see the data behind it. So you might say to yourself, okay, cool. I've got this parent who wants to save time with their kid and not go crazy. But I also have a parent who's like, I want to make sure my kid's ready for kindergarten, or I want to make sure my kid is able to read by kindergarten or by first grade. I want to make sure uh -huh. my kid is able to be social and have a high EQ by the time that they go to kindergarten. Whatever your thing is, you probably can think of at least 10 different reasons or different goals that people have. And so yeah. the job of your landing page testing is to say with our headline, which one of those 10 things will get the best response? Even though the cheat sheet or the guide or the whatever you're giving away could address multiples of those, what's the biggest thing that they want? You can include the other things later down on the page, right? Yeah. But when it comes to your headline, you want to think through what are those chief things people really want? And let's pick one. <laughs> and it's not, spaghetti, it's not spaghetti against the wall. It's a little bit more scientific than that. But it is saying you have to take a risk. You have to take a chance and make a guess. This is what I think is the most important thing. Make the rest of your page. 
duplicate the, the page and then reorder which thing is more important and then yeah. run traffic to them and see which one uh, works the best. So we're talking about hero copy. We're talking about the headline copy, the top thing that people see, but yeah. you can repeat the same process as you fine tune this. And, and I say that because you're not going to get everything perfect, but also it is the situation that you are going to want to plan out, you know, over the next two weeks, this is the version I'm going to run. Maybe I have an A, B, A, B, A and B version of these two things. Mm -hmm. And then next month I'm going to run whatever the winner is. I'm going to then start to work on maybe some copy down a little bit lower on the page, but it all starts first with you thinking through in the copy, what are the benefits that people are going to get from this thing? What are they trying to solve? And then don't overwhelm them with all the things it can do. Pick the top thing. And then maybe the next two or three things are going to be embedded in, in the lower part of the page. Right. And, and that, that reminds me that, you know, we talked about the offer and being clearing what the, what the offer is down the line. That also plays an important part in, in the landing pages that you choose to use. Isn't that right? Because, uh, and actually, a landing page could be a first step to getting started with your offer, which we which would be your paid offer, whether it be a subscription or a, a coming to a class or mm -hmm. or getting coaching. Uh, it could be a, a checklist or or a cheat sheet that that prepares you or to assess where I'm at or or to uh, to do that thing. So you want your uh, your your landing page to lead into your offer that you're going to do down the line, and, and a lot of times. It's, it's really a no-brainer. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a lot of mistakes that I've seen with uh, clients that I've coached is they start with the lead magnet, but they hadn't really thought about the offer. They hadn't really thought about the transformation. So I start, well, who's your customer? And uh, you know what what is it that you promise? What what kind of transformation does your do, do you give? You know, at the end of the day, and and how does that fit in with what you're trying to do? And a lot of times, there's a lot of disparity because they don't really understand it. Yeah. And uh, so that's a good, uh, good starting point. You mentioned traffic. Mm -hmm. And so how, how do you, uh, well, I can't say how do you get traffic because there's a million ways and we're not, we, we could, we could spend a whole series on that. Uh, but we need to have an adequate amount of traffic to be able to test properly. And uh, do you have any suggestions or insight into that on how you could get a good test between, let's say I have a, a, a version A and a version B of, of the same landing page with maybe a different headline or a different promise? Yeah. Well, one thing is to not be shy about it, right? So you have a network of people, you have friends and family, you have their network of people, you can ask for help from the people that you know. And this yeah. isn't like, you know, knocking on doors and doing all that kind of stuff. But it is to say that before you spend a dime on paid yeah. advertising, I would love for you to get at least 100 visits to the different pages that you're trying to test just to make sure that it works functionally, right? That you set up the buttons and the form fields and it actually is connected to your email provider. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want to start paying traffic and have that kind of stuff uh, happen. Uh, you also can get feedback from people, both direct and indirect. And by direct, I mean, you say to four people you trust, what's up with this page? What do you think when you see it? Do you see anything that needs to be uh, fixed or does something not speak to you? In the indirect way, is when people come to the page, do they actually say yes to your offer? Do you see a conversion or yeah. not from people who trust you already, right? If you don't see conversions from people that trust you, 
then you have something to fix first before you start throwing traffic to it. So don't be yeah. shy to ask people on social media, hey, I've been working on this guide. It's going to help people get this result. I'd love your feedback on the page. If you're in any kind of Facebook groups that allow for feedback, if you're part of a business coaches mastermind or uh, some kind of, maybe it's a loose mentorship where you're not paying for it, or maybe you have some kind of membership towards uh, something monthly, but there's a group, a Facebook group, ask for permission to say, look, I'm looking for feedback. Uh, that's a great way to do it as well. But once you do have the initial foundation of the pages technically working, <laughs> I'm seeing some conversions, then that's when you start to optimize with paid traffic or with traffic that you're putting a little bit more energy behind. That can also yeah. come from partners, right? So Paula and I having this conversation is a great example of us sharing traffic with our different audiences as a way yeah. to get people's attention to it. So you can do that as well. But once you do start paying for traffic, what you're going to want to make sure that you're doing is a couple of things. One, and this isn't really a Facebook ads or meta ads training, uh, but you're going to want to get some training on advertising because you can spend a lot of money really fast if you're not careful. But and you can lose a lot of money fast. <laughs> you lose a lot of money fast. And you, and by the way, that is okay if you learn from those campaigns right. and you remedy them and then you go on to fix them. The biggest advertising mistake I, I see people make is they run a campaign they lose their money and they stop. Instead, everything's an experiment. Everything is something to be learned from. It's a mindset that you need to do. And you need to make sure that you're spending your money in an investment mindset instead and yeah. doing so more strategically. That being said, taking a $10 a day budget, for example, for two weeks and running uh, a campaign to two different pages at least two different pages, not 10 pages, but at least two should give you that initial data of which one of those two versions is doing its job of converting traffic from the ads that you've chosen. Of course, yeah. you can test the ad, you can test the graphics, you can test the copy of the ad, but once they've clicked, what's then happening? Okay. Um, another quick point to make around advertising is set up your campaigns, especially if you're doing a lower uh, budget Set up your campaigns for conversion as your metric for how Facebook runs its algorithm, not just for clicks. Um, a lot of people yeah. make that mistake too, right? They're like, hey, I've got $300 to spend this month or $5,000 to spend this month, whatever it is. And I'm just going to put it in as a traffic campaign. And Facebook will say, we'll spend your money happily to get you as many clicks as possible. But those clicks could be very poorly matched to what yeah. your audience is doing. Whereas if you are paying per conversion, you're paying for better leads. You might not get as many clicks to your page, but those that are, they're going to figure out those are the right ones for you. So just a couple of quick tips uh, before we talk more about the landing pages themselves around Facebook. Again, you might want to learn from people like Amy Crane or Jen Posick. Um, there's a lot of really cool uh, Facebook ad marketers out there who can teach you about this stuff. Yeah, and, and you you talked about going out to your friends and your family and to uh, groups and things like that, which is a great idea, uh, and then paid advertising. And you really need to know who your customer is uh, and who you want to to be in this. Because if you ask uh, Uncle Fred, who's who's a, a, a pipe fitter, uh, about getting your kids ready for for kindergarten, and he's you know he he might have grandkids, but he's probably not really interested in that. Uh, and so he might be able to give you some feedback 
but um, asking a customer that you or a client that you have uh, that's that's or that you know like and trust that's in that market is uh, is even more important, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You do yeah. want to take. Uh, with a grain of salt, <laughs> advice you get from people that are on the sidelines. Maybe they want to cheer you on and they're like, oh, that's so great. You're amazing. They don't know yeah. Jack about <laughs> what you're talking about. So definitely yeah. try to get that uh, that feedback from people that are closely connected to the audience that you're trying to reach. Yeah. And so let's go back. Let's dive a little deeper into the elements on the page. Yeah. Uh, one thing I see uh, is two things they have a form and they have a button yeah and i work with a client who says well submit is fine mm -hmm. submit is, i know what to do when i when it says submit well yeah you do but there's there's more to it than that yeah can you talk about the buttons and then we'll talk about the forms yeah and and actually they're they are related in this yeah. hero sections we call the hero section that top a fold when you first see the page right on that section should be a button when somebody comes to that page they should see the headline hopefully some imagery we'll talk about design and images in a minute yeah. uh, but they should see the headline they should have some uh, elements of design and they should have a button one mistake i see people make especially with advertising is they have a form on the hero section so when they first come to the page the immediate thing that they see is name email phone number address concern like all these other fields and if you yeah. want a really super high qualified lead but you only want one to come through and <laughs> spend five hundred dollars per lead then do that yeah. <laughs> but if you want to have 20 people fill out the form and you want them to be kind of semi-qualified but you want to know that you can nurture them through email and through the next stages of your marketing funnel then you want to have the button front and center and not the form. The button should reveal the form. So yeah. we call it two-step opt-in. Right. You can have the form lower on the page if you want to, so that they're more invested when they see it. But we've, what we found historically is when people see a form, when they first land on the page, they immediately put their guard up and they immediately yeah. see your page is what we call, would call a taking page as opposed to a giving page. And it means that people see the form and they don't see your message. And so they click out. And so you've just wasted that click. You just wasted that person's attention. Yeah. But if instead you have a button, and we'll talk about the text in a second, then the focus is not on the button or the form. The focus is on the message that yeah. you're trying to convey, which is, again, that's result-oriented or benefit-oriented um, headline. All right? So right. on the button itself, what should you say? So submit is definitely a poor choice if you want higher <laughs> conversions. Right. It is something better than zero, at least tell somebody something to do as opposed to a button that just says this button is blue submit would work better than that. Yeah. <laughs> but <right. laughs> what will work better instead is something short that gets people in motion, gets them in momentum, right? So download now, get the guide, find the, uh, find the dream spouse, uh, or find your dream spouse or find something. These are types of phrases that you can test out and, and get the results that you're looking for. Um, we don't see people, uh, you know, using things like sign up as good as get the thing or download now. Uh, yeah. Again, these are things you're going to want to test out. And depending on your ad, it may be the case that your ad already kind of pre-sold them on the idea of giving you their email address. 
But in most cases, <laughs> what we see is uh, is an action-oriented button that is uh, two to three words, uh, usually works better. Sometimes people who are savvy copywriters, they'll use a big, long button with something like, get your first start into blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. Usually doesn't work as well either. Yeah. Usually if it does, it's because the rest of the page, the copy has been just really so good. So keep it short and sweet on the button. Gotcha. Any questions or thoughts on the button before we talk about the form? Well, you mentioned blue, but let's not talk about colors yet because we're going to yeah. talk about design in a few minutes. But um, I like the idea that they're action-oriented and their action the action is connected to um, to the result that they're trying to get. Uh, and, and and probably somewhere they're, they're going to know at some point it's a form. Uh, I like the fact that... Um, that it's a two-step. I like using the two-step because it's it's a lot cleaner and, and the layout can be a lot more, um, you're, you have a lot more flexibility with just putting a button versus a form because you have just the way that forms and pages work. It, it just makes it a lot easier. So two-step, yep. two-step button is great. So yeah, let's continue on to the, uh, unless you want to mention color, does color ma color matter? Uh, it does. Uh, and in the specific yeah. color, whether it's purple or green or whatever, isn't as important to me as the contrast that it has yeah. to the rest of the page. Uh -huh. So if you hear somebody like me talking and saying blue buttons are amazing, but <laughs> your image that you're using in the background is mostly blue and the text that you have on the page is some kind of yellow and all this other stuff, it's going to look really weird. And yeah. maybe the button gets lost in the the way the page is set up, or maybe it's just really ugly and you have this rainbow bright version of a page that, you know, the button was blue. Bob said the button's got to be blue, um, <laughs> but it's not converting. Well, there, there are more things. So what I want you to think about is does the button stand out? Yeah. Does the button call attention to itself so that you want to click it uh, with in tandem with, uh, the, you know, these things are not in isolation. So it's in tandem with the image. It's in tandem with the text that's on the, the, the area of the page next to it. So I wouldn't yeah. worry too much of if it's red or green or yellow. That's something you can test a little bit further down the road. Just keep it high contrast. I would say brighter colors tend to work better. Um, yeah. Brighter colors with, um, with text on the button that is also of contrast because you don't want, you know, white text on a yellow button. It's no. not gonna. It's no. not gonna be very visible to, <laughs> right. uh, to to people. Um, you're not just dealing with like color psychology, but it's also about accessibility, right? You want to keep in mind people that might have different vision um, ranges uh, than 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 the average bear. Okay, uh, yeah. so that's what I would say about color button at this point. Right, and sometimes you see see that contrast, but it's it's in line with the rest of the design. Uh, does it need to be like out in right field to your design or can it, can it be compatible, but still pop or stand out? Yeah. It just, it just needs to pop, but it, it, it doesn't want to offend the eyes, right? You don't yeah. want to have somebody come to this page and they're like, oh, I see the button. Yeah. Boy, it makes me want to run away from it. You yeah. know, you want to have a button that's, that, that it is standing out. So, um, so Keep, keep that in mind. And, and most people, you know, if you're, you, you don't need to be a professional designer to do a good landing page. That's why templates are so good, right? That's yeah. why, again, I encourage you to look through the gallery so you can see how most of our pages that convert really well, they're at the top. It's a white background with a dark 
color, darkish, dark, bright, like it's vibrant. Uh, I guess this is the better term I would use, uh, yeah. of like either green or purple or blue, um, with, you know, text that's either white or black based on how bright that button is, but the mm -hmm. background that it's on is white. If you have color on the background, if you have, especially an image on the background, then you want to make sure that maybe that image has a color overlay on it so that it mutes out the button, yeah. excuse me, it mutes out the background right. a bit so that the button and the text can really pop out. So, again, you know, we're getting a little bit into the design yeah. uh, here, but they all play together, right? So you do want to pay attention. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, you don't have to get this exactly right at the beginning, but you want to use what we've learned over the last 11 years, what I've learned over 17 years. I'm sure you, you've been doing this a long time too, Paul. Yeah. You know, you want to take this as a starting point and then just continuously optimize and try to uh, outperform each version of your page as you move forward with it. Right. Okay. So let's move on to the other elements on the form since we're talking about the button and the form and how they, they play together. Yeah. So, so the button should reveal uh, a form and that form, we call that a pop-up. You can call it an interstitial or some other type of phrase, overlay. Uh, but basically, or an overlay. So the, yeah. click the button and then something shows up. Uh, so the thing that shows up is like a mini page in itself, right? It's not just yeah. the form. You have an opportunity for a headline. You have an opportunity for an image next to the form. You have an, uh, an opportunity to, to fine tune what the form says on it, uh, how it's laid out, what its color scheme is, et cetera. Um, but the big mistake people make with those forms is they ask for too much information. Yeah. So if you're in that situation and you realize that your conversion rates aren't where they want the, where you want them to be, then ask for less information. So when you're taking cold traffic, and you're driving people to this landing page, you don't need to know everything about them. You can just ask for their email address. If you want them to be a little bit more qualified, then ask for their first name. But yeah. don't ask them for 17 different things. Unless, again, you're overwhelmed with business and you really, really want somebody who's going to be on your list to be the exact perfect person, don't yeah. ask for all that stuff. You can ask for that stuff later for cold traffic, for even for social media traffic, just ask them for that email address. Uh, you'll find that you can get them on your email list. You can get them to a thank you page. You can get them to read your first few email messages. And that's, that's the journey you want people on to convert them. You don't need them to convert the first time they see you. It'd be nice if that's the way the world worked. But if you ask for too much information, your conversion rate is going to be two or 3%. And you want 30% or more for or better for your landing pages. If you are sending paid traffic, especially think of the math of that you spend a hundred dollars and you get three people to say yes, versus you spend a hundred dollars, you get 30 people to say yes. Boy, that makes a big difference. I like that number better. Yeah. To, right. Yeah. A better number. So ask for less information. Um, if you, right. Uh, also with your, with your forms, uh, you have another button. So again, the form has an email field, maybe a name field, and then you have another button that says what you are going to get on the next stage. Some people repeat the same message on the landing page button as the form button, uh -huh. and that can be okay. But if you say, you know, download now, for example, on your call to action on the hero section of the page, the form uh -huh. is revealed. You say download now, people might think, well, what's next? Because I just said download, download now and you gave me another thing to do. So download now might lead to send it to me. 
or I'm ready to go or uh, some other thing. So you might want to have a related yeah. phrase. It doesn't need to be the same phrase and test that out because you might find that uh, such a thing will improve your conversions uh, just that little bit more. Yeah, can you even track? The, can you track the conversions between uh, probably in lead pages? You can do this between the uh, the button and the the form that comes up. Yeah, so that's where you want to use that integration with Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics okay. to track yeah. events on the page. Uh, within lead pages, the analytics that you have will be conversion uh, to lead. And if you're on a sales page that you're clicking out, you can of course make a button, click a conversion. Um, but my recommendation would be making sure if you want that granularity of yeah. what's happening on your page, you're going to want to tie together a free account over at uh, Google analytics. Right. That's kind of an advanced thing, but people should be having, they should know, they should have that Google analytics uh, tag and in using sure. the tag manager for sure. For sure. Okay. So um, what else does that cover the form? Yeah, it, I think should... that covers the form. I mean, obviously there's elements within the form itself. You want to connect it to a CRM or ESP and an email service provider so that when the yeah. lead comes in, you get them connected to the next stages of your funnel. Yeah. Uh, within lead pages, we'll send out a lead magnet for your for you if you wish us to. But uh, it's really ideal as you're marketing your business online to have uh, a more robust uh, email service provider that's going to automate the message one, the message 10, 20, et cetera, tag them, all that kind of stuff. So whether you're using something simple like AWeber or MailChimp, something a little more complicated like Active Campaign, uh, or even as far up the scale as like a HubSpot or something like that, uh, trying to connect these things together makes it seamless um, yeah. so that you can communicate with the people uh, after the fact. Um, another thing about right. your form that you want to think about is what happens after they say yes, after they've clicked that, that button. You are, you're going to want to take them to a thank you page. A lot of people forget about this stage and it's yeah. really unfortunate because they say yes and you send them to a blank page. It says you've signed thank up you. or something like that, or even to no page at all. And it's just, um, yeah, submitted successfully. Exactly. Oh, a generic message a, from your, from your provider. Exactly. And that's page builder. just a, a missing ingredient for a lot of people's marketing funnels. And I don't think we're really talking about that too much today, but you definitely want to make sure that you optimize your thank you page, spend as much time on your thank you page as you do on your landing page, because it's continuing the conversation. Your marketing hasn't stopped when they've opted into your email list. Your marketing has begun. So yeah. uh, make sure you're paying attention to that too. Yeah. And on that, I, I teach my clients that uh, once person initially opts into your list, they're never going to be more engaged with you yeah. uh, than, than they are at this moment. So you should have something else you can offer them on that thank you page. That could become another landing page. It is a landing page. And all these things apply. You could you can get them on your call. You can say, hey, by the way, this goes with this. This thing goes, the next thing is this. So if you want that now, you can get it this way. Yeah. Uh, so for sure. But we're not going to dive into funnels. But uh, absolutely, that's an opportunity to uh, to take advantage of that that trust that you've just earned. By the, by the by doing a great job on that first page so there are other elements uh on, there's one more element on the form too really on the form that i want to ask about and number one is privacy and the other one is gdpr which is uh consent consent yeah. and, and and that's becoming a really big thing it's over the past few years but now it's even bigger uh with with what's going on with yahoo and google and gmail mm -hmm. uh with with their their compliance and things and that's kind of an ESP thing, but what they're yeah. doing, but what about the, the, uh, the consent? Yeah. 
Well, I can say, you know, neither you or not, or I are the lawyers for the people listening to this call. So yeah. obviously follow the advice of your local jurisdictions and so forth, because they do differ based on the state, based on the country, uh, et cetera, based on the size of your business. There's a lot of different varieties or uh, variables that go into that. Right. Um, but yes, you want a checkbox that goes uh, right above the button. It's clear and conspicuous. It says, yes, I want to receive marketing messages. Uh, there's different nuances of language that you can do there, but you want to have that in place. Uh, I wish we could live in a time like we used to even just five years ago where you didn't need that. And you could just, you know, kind of make sure that you assume that people will be able to subscribe or unsubscribe based on what they want to do. But you want to have that in place. Uh, you also do want to have a privacy policy that is something that is important for two reasons. Number one, if you're advertising and you don't have a privacy policy, they will reject your ads. They right. may not reject them initially, but eventually they will notice that your page doesn't have these requirements and then they will shut down your ad campaign and maybe even shut down your account. So don't play with that fire. So right. having a privacy policy, uh, you can utilize some online tools to help you write one. You can obviously use a legal team to do that, all that kind of stuff, but have something that says, here's how I'm gonna use the information you just gave to me and yeah. be very specific about it. Uh, and don't sell the stuff <laughs> that you're getting. Um, and right. if you do, tell people that you're going to sell their information. You know, there's lots of things that we could get into on the side of that. But yeah. the point is, is that having these things in place is not just good business as an ethical marketer who wants to be authentic and wants to have a relationship with the subscribers that are joining your list, but legally and uh, policy-wise with these ad, ad platforms, you have to have those things in place. Um, otherwise you will uh, have consequences within those platforms. Right. And even if even if you're in the US and, and we're not there aren't laws yet to to require that consent, that's that's coming. So you might as well do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah. there are already in California and there are and you might yeah, have people right. who are visiting your site from Europe and you still have to comply with that. Uh, yeah. so definitely be on the side of over compliance. Uh, I think you'll find that that's a better way to be in business long term. Yeah. Yes, it might affect your ability to market to people down the road. Um, and by the way, if somebody joins your list and they don't check that box, you can still make sure that they got the thing that they asked for and you can still communicate to them. You just can't market to them in promotional ways. So there's things uh -huh. called transactional emails versus commercial emails. Right. So get out, get into the weeds of that a little bit so that you know what you can and can't do. Your email provider should be able to help you with that. Uh, in addition to, you know, online resources. Right. Okay. So let's move on, uh, to the, to the rest of the page. Um, there's, there's other elements like the bullets. And I think those are really super important. Can we talk yeah. about those? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would say is that when you look at that template gallery, you're going to notice that the highest performing pages are short. They're yeah. just a couple sections. They might even be just one section with a footer. Uh -huh. Uh, but even if you want to add more context, you want to add more details, you want to add bullets, remember that brevity <laughs> is not just uh -huh. the soul of wit. Brevity is also the key to converting more of your traffic. So you might have to go a little longer depending on the ask that you have for your, uh, your visitors coming to the page, but always be trying to keep things short. Always try to be concise. So right. with bullets as a, as a key part, you might have three or five bullets. We do find for whatever psychological reason, an odd number of bullets tends to right. outperform an even number of bullets, but whether it's three or five or seven, try to keep it at three and see if that works. Add two more, see if that works better, trim down whatever you need to do. But your bullets are mini headlines. Your bullets right. are not a way for you to stuff in all the details of the thing that they're getting. Your bullets are those 
second and third um, place finishers of your headline uh, thing that you did earlier. Yeah. Right. We talked yeah, about yeah. that at the beginning of this conversation. You're going to have this list of 10 at least ideas of what is the reason people need this checklist or cheat sheet or whatever it is. The the runners up are your bullets and your runners up of bullets should be more benefit driven thoughts of yeah. why they need what they are going to get. You can say something like, you know, it's a 14 page guide, but that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Right. No. So if it doesn't have a so what factor to it, don't include it on your landing page. If you're giving away a video and your video is six minutes and you can say in just six minutes, you're going to discover what you need to get this challenge solved. That's a different story than that's, saying, yeah. I'm going to spend the next six minutes with you because it's 360 seconds. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right. So only include things in the bullets and the rest of the page in its entirety that helps answer a so what question for your visitor. Otherwise it is unnecessary and may even harm the conversion rate that you have. Um, the same goes for any other section on the page. You could include an about section on, on your page about who you are, how you're awesome, blah, blah, blah. But if the so what factor is not answered, it's irrelevant and people are not going to, uh, to actually respond to your page favorably. So be thinking about whether it's bullets or more text, try to be short, but always be thinking when the person is in their, 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 uh, their home uh, or on their phone and they're reading your page internally, they're saying to themselves, why is, does this matter to me? What's in it for me? You have to answer that. So what question as every element that you have on your page. And that's a great tip right there. I mean, right there, I, they call that a mic drop right there. Uh, it's, it's very subtly delivered. Super important. So what? So what? And I I led led the thing off. So why why should we care? I mean, you why should I care? Uh, so what? So what's in it for me? Uh, that's a great test to test all the elements that are on your page. Uh, and so, I guess the size of your your ask, like you said, and your offer, kind of help dictate what else you're going to put on that page. You can have social proof. You can have, um, like you said, about. You know what's what? What are the different sections? Uh, so that little test tells you tells you that answer, right? That it helps you decide whether or not you should have those things. Those are maybe on a sales page, but maybe not on a lead generate page. Yeah, right? I mean, you definitely want social proof if you have it. So yeah, that can come in the form of a little you know profile image of a subscriber who opted in, and they gave you a two sentence uh, thing of what they got out of this uh, particular download. I think that's great to include. Yeah. Um, but if your thing is about this checklist for kindergarten readiness and your testimonials about how awesome you are in this other unrelated program, yeah. then so what? Why does that matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. So, so always yeah. always have in, in mind, how can you help people make their decision? You know, this is the key thing I learned from the co-founder of Lead Pages, Clay Collins, a long time ago. It's like when you're doing marketing, even if you're not a professional marketer, your chief job is to get a decision, whether it's a, a sales call, whether it's an opt-in, whether it's a, a page, whether it's a webinar, whatever it is, your chief job is to get people to make a choice. It's not to get them to say yes. You want more people to say yes than no, obviously, but your job is to get them to make a choice and to make it now. If you think of that, then you will think on your page, what do I need to include on this page to get people to make a choice? Yes or no? Do I need this thing or do I don't? And if I don't, Great. No problem. Have a nice day. If I do, then you know what to do. Click the button, fill out the form, and I'll send you the thing. 
Uh, but if you're hemming and hawing through an entire page, trying to explain all the things of what is possible or what their frustrations might be, and all of that leads people to kind of get wishy-washy or think that they could do something later or they need more obvious evidence, then that's not going to serve you. So yeah. having bullets, sections, about sections, everything be concise and short and maybe even unnecessary and remove them yeah. entirely, yeah. always be testing out a shorter version of your page and thinking through how am I helping this person make a choice that's going to be a benefit to them. Right. Well, we're getting to the, we're getting kind of to the top of the, uh, our time together, but do you have yeah. a little bit, a little bit more time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So running traffic to two, two different pages, uh, that AB testing, uh, is, is what they call it in the, in the optimization, uh, lang lingo. Uh, so what are some of the ways that you can, you can AB test these, you know, let's say, well, let's talk about the headline. How can we AB test that, uh, with, with not having, not being a, a, a rocket scientist. Yeah. That would be a data nerd. Uh, yeah. so first of all, I would, I would use this term conversion rate optimization or CRO, CRO as alongside of split testing. So if you want a deeper dive into this kind of stuff, look on our blog, look for that CRO hashtag, look for optimization, go on to um, your various uh, social media channels and look for those hashtag LinkedIn. There's some really good people like Oliver Kenyon um, who do a really good job. Oliver Meekings. I don't know why Olivers are really good at this, but evidently they are. <laughs> um, there's all these people that, that showcase like how to do conversion rate optimization. So I'm sharing you tips that we've learned from lead pages, from all the data we have, et cetera. But there's, there's lots of places for you to, to yeah. learn. You always want to be a student of this. So the first thing that I want you to be thinking about is when you're doing a split test, whether it's a headline or the images or whatever, you're always just running an experiment to see which one wins. And you want to take it with a sort of impassioned approach where you don't get offended if the, what you think is going to be the winner wins. And I say that kind of jokingly because I remember my first split test that I did, I put my picture on a landing page and I had a version with, with my picture not on the landing page and the version with me not on the page was the one that won. <laughs> so <laughs> I took that personally for like a minute and then I was like, who cares? I'm getting more yeah. leads with this one. So that's what I'm going to do. So mm -hmm. when you think about testing though, there's a couple of different things to test. So you mentioned the headline. So that's what most people think about when they think about split testing. They think about let's change the headline and that's great. I think you should do that. But before you do that, I want you to think about what are the biggest rocks that you can test first? And then let's get to the more granular level along the way. And also very importantly, don't test more than one thing at a time because you yeah. don't, if you do that, you'll, you'll not know which one is the, the reason for the test. So why do I say that? Well, because this initial question you asked before about the offer uh, that we talked about, you yeah. mentioned, um, you know, some things are going to be a better match than the others. Uh, and I walked you through a few ways to think about that. Who's yeah. your audience, et cetera. Well, you might find that instead of worrying about the headline or worrying about the images on the page, do they actually want a cheat sheet or do they want a video? Okay. Yeah. So if you have this idea of who should buy my product, what's my product or service that they're going to buy? What's the thing that's leading them up to that? You don't know for sure what the thing is that's going to get them to that next step is the best fit. Mm. But you know that they need to make that transition from where they are to that next stage. It could come from a cheat sheet. It could come from a template. It could come from a, a video. It could come from an e-course. You don't really know for sure. So one of the earliest things I would test is actually the thing that you're giving away as a lead magnet. Uh -huh. What is that mechanism that gets them to that next point? So your split test could have the same exact headline, 
the same exact bullet points, the same exact images, everything on the page could be the same, but one says watch now and it's a five minute video. And the other says, download the checklist. And yeah. you're going to see which one responds, uh, which one is, uh, is uh, the one that people want from your list. So don't forget to test that offer um, ah. because I, I find that a lot of people, they forget about that element of things and they realize I've got a lot of visual people and they're not downloading this checklist or they are downloading the checklist, but they're not taking that next step. Well, for your audience, it might be the case that that five minute video does a better job of not only enticing them, but also converting them to that second stage of your funnel. Okay. So and, test that and, offer. and also building some trust with you. Yeah. Especially if you're on, if you're on screen or if you're in the little, <laughs> in the little corner there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You can build some trust there. Yeah. Especially if you are a person who deals directly with your, your clients and you're trying to build that relationship up where your authority and your voice and your emotion and your passion for what you're doing, like all those things are important to the longer term conversion rate of your entire funnel. Those types of things are important. Okay. So right. with that out of the way, then you <laughs> test your headlines. So you have, let's say you've tested your offer and you're like, yes, this cheat sheet or this template is the thing that's going to be the thing. Then yeah, test that headline again, rotate through which of your top 10 headline ideas or reasons for people's transformation will click with them. And so you set up two different versions and lead pages. You simply duplicate the page that you have. You change the text. We have an AI headline uh, swap tool that will even help you to generate some different ideas for your headlines if uh, you want them to. Mm -hmm. And then you say, go with this test and the same link as your control, that initial, go back to you know middle school science when you started looking about controls and experiments. So yeah. you have your control, that's your first version. And then you have your variation number one or A, whatever you want to call it. You send traffic to that link and it's going to rotate automatically for you which page to go to, okay? Now, if you want to set up a third version and a fourth version, you can, but the more variations you have, the more traffic you need to send to get a result that's actually scientific enough. So right. if you have a little bit of a smaller budget or lower traffic, just do two, two versions at once. Then what I want you to do is I don't want you to make a decision over which is winning until you have 100 conversions, okay? Because if you try to do that too soon, you're just going to have bad data. It's not going to be enough. It's not going to be what we call statistically significant enough. Mm -hmm. Now, 100 conversions may still not be statistically significant in the mathematical calculus of things, right. but it's enough for you to see there should be a clear winner, okay? And if you have ones at 24% and ones at 23.8%, that's not really a clear winner. But right. if ones at 28 and ones at 24, well, that's a pretty decent shift in what that is. Now you start with the 28% version and you remove the 24% version from your test. And now you test the next thing. So I'd recommend testing maybe two or three different iterations of the same element on the page before you go on to the next thing. Okay. So yeah. headline test one, which one wins test two, which one wins test three, which one wins. Okay. Now we've got the headline that we want. Hopefully you've gone from like 12 or 15% up to 25% at this point. Now you test the next thing on the page. The next thing I would test on the page is what's the visual impact of that section of that top hero section on the page. Yeah. So we haven't really talked about design much. No. Yeah. 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 And I know we're short on time. Yeah. <laughs> but that top section, maybe it's just color, and you want color versus an image. 
test that out. So you have a dark blue, maybe just like this uh, lead machine gross show background you have. That's yeah. the background with white text on the page, no images. And then you have another version where it's the same kind of color scheme, but it's a stock photo of your ideal client. Of, of who you think they are. They're positive. They're excited to have transformed their lives. And a third version that you test after the winner is chosen is maybe you. You actually showing like, hey, I've got this thing for you. What you'll likely find is the picture of the ideal audience member is going to outperform the picture of you. Yeah. Unless you're a really well-known brand, you've got a big influencer following on Instagram, whatever, the picture of yourself is likely going to underperform a picture of who your ideal avatar is or your ICP, your ideal customer profile. So that's the next thing to test is that design. After you've tweaked that with three or four different iterations, so now you've gone headline testing, now you've put the background and the image that's next to the hero section, you hopefully will have elevated up to that 30, maybe 35% zone is what I'm hoping for for you. The next thing that you're going to test is lower down on the page. What what are the elements of that next section? Is it the about section? Is it the bullets? Uh, is it having an about section or no about section? Is it the about section with an image of you that's formal? And you know maybe you're in a suit and tie or you're in a, in a in a dress or something like that versus another photo of you where you're fun and living life and you're with your family or something like that. So having images like that on your page where you're talking about why you do what you do, why you've put this together, this checklist or whatever, that would be the next element, but that wouldn't be the first or the second or even the third. That'd be the yeah. next thing um, as you get more and more granular. Then you worry about colors of buttons. Then you worry about what the button says. Then you worry about, you know, having, uh, you know, the button goes all the way across the page versus is, uh, is short. There's all kinds of different things. Usually people stop <laughs> well short of that I and they imagine. move on to like, Let's make another lead magnet. Let's make another campaign. Let's actually yeah. start tweaking my sales page. Uh, let's do that kind of stuff. So I don't want you to spend all your time just testing a landing page, um, but you definitely want to make sure you're optimizing your page for as good of results as you can get. Right. And so I do. I have a little bit more time. If you want to, uh, maybe we can talk about design real quick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. what are the things that we should be considering there? I mean, we, we touched on some of them kind of all, all the way through colors and, and images and things. So let's talk about uh, some tips on design. Yeah. So here's and, the, and before the you, before you dive, dive into that, I love, love, love the idea of having a gallery of templates that I can go and look that I can say, Oh, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I'm looking at the highest converting things. And so that's a great way to start. Yeah. So, it's absolutely a great way to start. And I, I want you to recognize too, when you go to our sec, our template gallery and you sort by conversion rate, you may see and be surprised to see some very mediocre aesthetics. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say that with all the love for our designers that we have, <laughs> but there are templates that are gorgeous. They're beautiful. They're so just attractive in the way they put the elements together but you'll find that they don't always convert <laughs> as well as the basic simpler pages. And so I want you to, to not put too much weight into the design of things because what we have found historically, as much as we try to outperform the mediocre design pages, sometimes the mediocre design actually wins. We have some customers, as as I'm sure you've seen this across the day, across the, the, the years you've been in doing this as well, 
they have some of the ugliest landing pages <laughs> that you can possibly <laughs> see and they still convert really super high. So I'm going to tell you some design tips, but please don't over index on making things look amazing because amazing doesn't always convert. Sometimes it will. Don't get me wrong. You can put together an amazing page and sometimes it'll outperform something that's not as, uh, as amazing and it's just aesthetic. But you always want to be thinking first about conversion. Okay. That's yeah. really important. All right. So with that in mind, uh, you definitely want to have a color scheme on your page that gets people invited into the page that doesn't make them want to turn away and run. I see people who use five different colors on their landing page, a different one for their headline, a different one for their subheadline. Their bullets have like an alternating color scheme. They have narrated text down towards the bottom that have highlights and all kinds of stuff. And that gets really overwhelming to the eyes. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier this idea of a confused mind doesn't buy. Yeah. Well, this kind of opens up this idea that I learned from similar people like Donald Miller and others of like friction on a page causes people to run away. It gives their brain too many things to think about. And so it's not just, do I understand the message? It's also, can I actually hear your message by looking at your page? And if you have too many competing elements on the page, too many different colors on the page, too many different images that are calling my attention in different ways, that can uh, that can be really annoying and, and not perform well. Uh, it's funny, actually, there is a, an ad from a competitor of ours that's uh, doing some services and so forth. And the example they showed is a horrible example of a landing page because they have an image here and the person is looking outside the frame and then the image here and they're looking outside the frame. And then there's a button sort of in the middle and they're trying to show it as like, this is a way for us to you know put together a page for you. It's, it's atrocious. So making sure all your ideas, all your elements of design are leading towards a decision of saying yes or no to the thing. So that means a couple of things. One, if you have an image of a person, have them looking towards the center of the page, have them look towards the CTA area, the call to action area, even to the point of, can they actually be looking towards the button? People look where other people look, right? We're rubberneckers. We tend to yeah. have our eyes not just right. go to each other, like we're talking on the screen right now. Yeah. But if I look this way, you want to look that way, right? I do. <laughs> and yeah. if I look this way, you're going to want to look that way. So make sure if you do have an image of you on the page, that your body language, your shoulders, your face are going right. towards the center of the page where you want people to keep going towards the, the choice area, the action area of the page. Okay. Uh -huh. Another element of design I want you to be thinking about is I want you to be thinking about space, okay? So a lot of people cram way too much information in small amounts of space, and it gives this heaviness to your page. It makes people have to work hard to read through your page. So be a friend to white space. That's why you'll notice when you look at those templates that we have in the gallery of which ones are converting, there's a lot of white space. There's a lot of uh, line spacing in between the paragraphs. Um, it's not an exorbitant amount, right? It doesn't feel unnatural, but it gives you the ability to move through the page with ease and with flow and not with trying to like force it all in one spot. Okay. So I see a lot of people, they even take a template, they'll drag in like a blank section and they'll just stuff it full of text and it'll be four point with like three point line spacing. And it just jams everything <laughs> in and that's just not going to work out. So give people that ability to breathe through your page, see the things that are important with a hierarchy, uh, both visually and with like size of text and always have a button 
within one scroll of where you're looking. Okay. So this doesn't matter too much for landing pages because they tend to be shorter, but yeah. even for sales pages, same thing applies. You have a hero section with your call to action button. And then you have a section that, is, that describes the thing you're giving away. And then you have another section that describes who you are. Do I have to scroll back to the top to say yes? Or do you have no. another button at the bottom that says yeah. I'm ready to go? Yeah. Repeat the call to action. So yeah. always have a button within one to one and a half scrolls of where I am on a typical device. Right. Perfect. So I think that covers it. So we've talked one a more, I have one more point to make actually. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's continue. I just, I just realized it. So all of this is also influenced by having a similar approach to mobile, right? Uh, yes. So you've got everybody keyed up on design and we, we went through this and in your mind, you likely had a picture of how your page looks and how your page is going to look. And even when you're looking at the templates, you're having it usually looked at through the view of the desktop version. Right. But you also always want to be thinking about how does my page look on mobile? Yeah. If you do have Google Analytics installed, if you do utilize those types of tracking tools, you'll notice that likely half or more of your traffic is coming to you from a phone. Yep, absolutely. And if that's the case, you got to make sure that your page looks good on mobile. Our templates are, are mobile friendly. They're mobile, uh, they're, they're mobile responsive. What that means is that when the screen shrinks, everything shifts and moves. You don't have to pinch and zoom. Things aren't off the screen. And that's great. You want to have that but you also want to be mobile optimized, which yeah. means there might be sections on your page, the hero section, especially where you've got images, especially in the background or you have text. And when you look at it on mobile, things conflict. Okay. So yeah. for example, uh, you have a, a website on the desktop or excuse me, a landing page on the desktop where the hero has an image of a person over here on the side. And then the text is over here. When on, you're on mobile, if you don't, optimize it, the text is on top of the core image yeah. and that could make it hard to read. So within lead pages, you can duplicate a section and turn one on for desktop and one on for mobile. And you can have a difference of which one is which, and you can apply design elements appropriately for each. So I know I thought we were done with that one key thing. I wanted to make sure to squeeze in before we wrap up because well, being mobile friendly is not just a good thing. It's good for business uh, and it's going to help you get those conversion rates higher. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah, I, I, I was just testing a website um, the other yesterday, two days ago. And we noticed in the about uh, section on their website, they have their team and then on mobile or well, on desktop, if you if you click on their the image of the person, their bio pops up in an overlay. Mm. Yeah, well, it doesn't work that way on mobile. And as soon as you try to scroll down in the bio, it would um, it would disappear. Yeah, and then and then you would just see the next person. You would see that person again. So you didn't get a chance to read the bio. And so the developer had to change some CSS and things like that, which is way way deeper than we're going to go here, but. Super, super important. The CEO of the company noticed that, and, yeah. and and as well as the the image got fuzzy after you you looked at it a couple of times. So you've got to test that and make sure that you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Make sure that it looks great on mobile too, and it converts on mobile. And you probably can track the different conversions from using Google Analytics. You can yeah. find out uh, how well your traffic is converting on your mobile mobile yeah. site. Even to the point, Paul. Of <laughs> 
if you do decide, I've got to have the first name of people. I've got to have the phone number of people. If you just do this one test of on your pop-up, you can have in lead pages a pop-up that on mobile only asks for email and on desktop asks for the additional information. Because on desktop, people aren't as offended by having to fill out more fields. It's not as big of, big of a pain, but on, on, a, on a mobile phone and they're hitting their thumb on the keyboard, it takes more time. It's a little more yeah. aggravating. You're going to see that that could be a result too. So there's a lot of things you can tweak about mobile, just not, uh, you know, beyond this, just the design of it um, that should help you see conversion rates go up. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that. So we've covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. We've, we've gone a little bit over like an hour, hour, I think. <laughs> uh, so thanks for, I appreciate that for staying with me. Um, but as we wrap up, Bob, what are three things our listeners can do today to put these ideas into action and get more leads and dive into this, this landing page optimization? Yeah. Well, first thing, I think we've said it a few times. Yeah. Go to our template gallery and yeah. look through the highest converting pages. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a link around here uh, that you can go to, but if you're on the main lead pages site, you'll see a nice friendly button for templates. But go through in your particular industry, uh, go through the category you're in or whatever, and then click on that highest converting and you'll see which pages are doing so. And just go through those one by one and preview them and notice the pattern of what's converting well. Okay. Uh, yeah. The second thing is put your first landing page up or put your next landing page up based on what you've learned today. Yeah. None of this is worth anything to you if you don't actually take action on it. Exactly. And we shared in episode 33, how my philosophies take action revised later. Yeah. I want you to do that with your landing page. So whether you're tweaking one that you already have out there, or you're making a new one, take what I shared with you today and pick the top three or four things that were like big aha moments for you and put them into action right away. And then the third thing is to start sending traffic to that page, right? So whether it's your friends and family, social network, people that you are connected to, or you start paying for it, none of the optimization matters if you don't have traffic to test it. And right. so if you want to get those higher conversion rates, you've got to get people to see it. So start sending traffic to it as well. Right. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, and Bob has a free invitation uh, for you to uh, get more leads and sales with the 14-day day trial of Lead Pages, the number one page builder trusted by over 150,000 businesses to create high-converting landing pages and capture more emails, calls, and form fills to grow their bottom line. And you can get that by going to www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash lead pages. That's L-E-A-D pages. All right. And remember... Faith and action go hand in hand. And so put the pedal to the metal until the next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon and Bob Sparkins. Thank you so much. This has been a, a masterclass. And I know we can go deeper, but this is, this is a great start. So thank you so much, Bob. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.